Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Hope Rising Ministries podcast, wherever you are, whatever time of day it is, and wherever you're listening from, we are just thankful and excited that you found us and that you're connecting with us for this episode of the Hope Rising Ministries podcast, where we love to talk about Jesus, apologetics, and just life and how they all interact with each other and how they're all connected. Uh, my name is Alex, if this is your first time ever joining us, and with me is Trey. Good morning, Trey. How's it going, man? Hello, hello, peoples. What's going on, Alex? Oh, not a whole lot. Uh, trying to get in the swing of school starting back and um, just getting used to what that looks like and, and dealing with that every morning. So it's a new routine around our house, uh, kind of getting back in the hang of that, but um Hoping this coffee kicks in here in just a minute. A little still trying to still trying to wake up, I feel like. How are you? Doing fine myself. Um, it's good to be. Yeah, no more uh no more possums in the house, I hope. No, no more possums in the house. <laughs> I meant to ask, do y'all like do you normally see outside no i mean you know possums are nocturnal pretty much so it's right nocturnal. right i mean you see them in the road like roadkill possums you know yeah but um well i'm glad y'all hadn't had a had another run in with one of those lately yeah I, that's you know you, you want to go a few more years and <clears throat> <laughs> you know i don't i don't like picking up possums by the tail right right yeah yeah, it's good to have a couple of years in between your your possum run-ins. Yeah, yeah. And break-ins in the house there. Yeah. Yeah. So w- one day I'll, I'll share with you uh, <laughs> me spending five days in the hospital because of a possum when I was eighteen years old. So. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, it wasn't my fault. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to that one. <laughs> yeah. I just let's, let's let's just I'll just tell you this: if mm-hmm. if you or any of the listeners ever find or see a possum with a burned face, Ooh. then hold him for me and and give me a call. I'm on my way. <laughs> oh man, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That sounds sounds a little rough right there already. Yep, yeah, that's the way it is. But- but you know uh, what? I would probably rather run into another possum than change two headlights in my vehicle, which took me last Saturday five hours. You know, I've I've changed a couple as well in in my time, and depending depending on the car uh, and the vehicle, yeah, they can uh, they can be a pain, man. And you would think it'd be something you. I mean, it's just changing the light bulb, right? You think it'd be a oh, no. pop one, pop one out and screw nope. one in, and then you're done. Nope, that ain't that ain't how it works. Yep. Not in my car. I mean, yeah. the people who make, are like, we're gonna make sure that he <laughs> has to take this in just to change a light bulb. Right? Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on, man. And and in the, I had to research. You know, YouTube. You can you can find out how to do anything on YouTube. Oh yeah. So I said, okay, how do you how do you change this light bulb? So next thing you know, I'm looking at all these tools I'm gonna need. 
I don't have an A20, so I had to I had to get a little <laughs> mini ratchet set with an A20 in it and all this stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. so I had to wait. And you know, I could just see my me getting stopped. You know, I'm like, look, officer, I, I promise, I'm trying my best to get this thing changed, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. You gotta believe me. You gotta believe me. <clears throat> yep. So oh. one of the worst parts of uh, when I had to change one in in one of the old cars I had was there was like a, a clamp almost that kind of held it in. Yep. Once you got the, the light bulb in, you're supposed to like pull this clamp back, you know, so far yep. across yep. and it, that way the pressure was on it. That was probably the worst part is trying to get that thing situated to where it was actually doing its job and it was pushing yep. the bulb in to make sure it didn't move. Um, Same here. I, I could I got you can get it off easily. But you yeah, oh yeah, you can. The store, you know. Yeah, you can just pop that right off. It's like no problem there. But getting it back situated, oh, it was awful. It was awful. But, but I can uh, I can relate. I understand that is a is a tough one. I have working both. I have both working headlights, and so I'm I'm a lot better in that in that situation. Nice. Well, that is good. Um, so for those who are joining us today for episode number, let me double check my stats here, episode number 66 of the Hope Rising Ministries podcast, uh, we're excited to continue um, unpacking and just going verse by verse through First John. And today we'll be in chapter three, picking up at verse 11, where we left off last time in our previous episode. So I'm excited to do that. You know, I was really thinking through kind of how we've, we've walked through, you know, at this point, a few different books in the Bible and kind of went, you know, verse by verse and just unpacking. And, you know, this is something that, because I've listened to um, other like podcasts or other ministry recordings of some sort that have, done this this same sort of approach where you're you know it's it's really digging into what you're what you're reading in scripture and uh this i'm thankful that we're doing it and because i know these types of things really help me to understand and learn so i hope and pray that it does the same for anybody who's listening and i hope there's a lot that you're getting out of it as we go through because this is more of, you know, as though we were sitting around a table and we were all just kind of reading through together. Um, yep. I, I hope and pray that God's using this time to really help, you know, those who are joining us to understand, because I, I get a lot out of it as well. Like as we walk through these and uh, and unpack each verse and what's happening, it helps me a lot. So I really do hope and pray it's, it's blessing those who are joining us too. So where are we? I think we're in First John three, chapter. Yeah, First John three, uh, verse eleven yes. is where we'll be, where we'll be picking up today. Um, and if you had a chance or haven't had a chance, rather to listen to the past episode, and you want to, you know, hear all of John uh, three, feel free to pause this one and go back and listen to episode sixty five and. Uh, where we unpack the first 10 verses there. And that'll get you up to where we are today. 
And so we'll we'll go ahead and we'll dive in here. Uh, verse 11, Trey, is there anything you want to preface with, set the table with? So like the, on the first episode where we're going through First John, but um, if you if you read First John, it doesn't take you long to read it for one. Um, mm-hmm. You'll find 19 times where he says, this is how we know something. Or this is what this is. This is the only book of the Bible that that where the author just breaks it down. And Jesus only did that a couple of times. Like this is what this is what I meant when I said this, right? Mm-hmm. So the verse eleven is the fourth time that John does this, and it starts off: "This is the message you heard from the beginning," right? Yeah. And then the, the next, there's there's actually five of these in what we're going to do today. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you've never taken the time to read uh, first, second, third John, um, I would strongly encourage you to do so just because it is it is easy and easier read as far as time and even the to understand in some some cases, so I would definitely do it, and I think it'll bless you for those who um, who are listening and, and joining us today. But yeah, we'll pick up at verse eleven here and start reading through. I'll read uh, through verse fifteen, and then we'll we'll unpack what's sure. happening. Here. So in verse eleven, it says, uh, "For this is the message you have heard from the beginning." We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. So already, you know, John is, is really diving in. I mean, he doesn't, you know, hold back. Um, And he starts out this, this section, this passage that we're covering today, kind of with the theme and it's, we should love one another. And, for those who have, you know, read through scripture and read through, you know, the gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this should not come as a surprise, right? Love one another. As a matter of fact, Jesus has a conversation with the Pharisees specifically around, you know, what is, what is the greatest commandment as they, they had asked uh, and questioned Jesus about, And Jesus tells them in Matthew 22, in verse 37, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But he doesn't stop there. Because it's not just about our love for God and our relationship with God. Because Jesus continues in verse 39, he says, And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, so it doesn't just stop with us being able to say, hey, I love God and that's all that matters. I don't have to care about anybody else. I don't have to worry about anybody else. It's just me and God. And that's not true. That's not accurate. That's not how we should live our lives. And John is is really highlighting that and, and pointing that out here because it goes beyond that. Just as Jesus was explaining, the first commandment is to love God. The second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. So both are, actually, are critically important. It's actually just one commandment. I mean, I know right. it says the second commandment, but they they they're 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 together. They they yes. they can't exist apart mm. from each other. It can't happen. Um, the the way that you <clears throat> and other people know that you love God is how you interact with your fellow man. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, they, you can't like they these commandments these two commandments are are on the same hinge they they open and close together they you you can't have one without the other as a matter of fact paul leaves the first one out when he says you know the greatest commandment is to love your brother so in other words he he he's inferring that loving God is the most important thing. But the only way, the only way that's shown is how you love other people. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, and to that point, he goes for the second one. See, and that's where, that's where I think, you know, it comes in to, to, to even highlight further. Like it's not just about us and God, and that being it, but it extends out from there because a lot of people treat their relationship with Jesus, with God, as though it's one-on-one and and that's it. Like it just stops there. It's private. It's just for them. They don't have to worry about anybody else. Like it doesn't extend from there. And I think that's why it's important that we understand like loving God being obedient to him, following God, knowing Christ as our Lord and Savior, proclaiming his his goodness and his grace and his mercy means that we love others as well outside of ourselves. Um, you know, and, and I think it's interesting that <clears throat> in verse 12, John's example is do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And this is what happens. This is something for those who you know may or may not have um, read or taught in church about this this story before. This happens in Genesis chapter four, and Cain, um, his brother's name is is Abel. Both are children of um, or sons of Adam and Eve, and so Cain and Abel um, being brothers, Cain ends up killing Abel. uh, And basically, as John highlights and points out here, when he says in verse 12, and why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Um, 
you know, seeing this, this points back to not only again, like what you just said, Trey, not just loving God, but loving one another, loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, loving those who are around us um, and not just kind of focusing on ourselves and keeping our relationship with God to ourselves. Uh, but it extends beyond that. And that's what we're called to as Christians, to be that reflection of love, to be that light, um, which is, you know, in part the love that we experience from God, from Jesus, and then we can share to others. Yep. Um, it's very interesting that he uses um, third and fourth people in the world. Mm -hmm as an example i mean look man you, why why are people so evil why listen listen back up slow down it's always been like this the the third person ever murdered the fourth person ever mm. okay i mean we our hearts are desperately wicked so very interesting that he uses actual brothers as an example yeah. Right. So when yeah. when it, all the other times your brother, he's talking about a, a, a fellow believer, a fellow Christian. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I'm not saying that the Bible doesn't tell us to love people in the world. But the main example that the world sees is how the treats each other, how the how the the congregation treats each other. We don't belong to the world. Yet we're to love our enemies. Right? So very interesting here that he didn't, it didn't say why did Cain kill his brother? He was jealous. Well, he might have been jealous, but that's not the reason it was given. The reason is Cain belong to the evil one and Abel belong to the righteous one. Yep. And what, what is the fruit of that? That's, that's what happened. See, it, because Cain's actions were evil, his actions were evil. So that goes all the way back that the way he was thinking. And if you read the story, and I, I encourage people to go back and in Genesis, I think it's, chapter four chapter four yeah. okay so basically god says all right I, I need you to bring me your offering and i used to think for years that god wasn't pleased with cain because cain didn't bring sacrificed animals and that's not true um he wasn't a farmer <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry he wasn't a, a herdsman you know, you got you got people who do different things in life. Uh, right. Abel, Abel happened to be a shepherd and Cain happened to be a farmer. Right. So it, it wasn't that he just brought fruits and vegetables. It was that he didn't bring the best that he had. Yes. He, he didn't bring his first fruits. Uh, Abel brought his best. He didn't he didn't just go grab a, a calf or a lamb who, which was spotted or diseased. Ah, uh, this will do. Cause I want to keep this other stuff for me. 
because it's right. going to benefit me. So yep. he brought his best and laid it before the Lord. Cain did not. He brought maybe some rotten tomatoes. I don't know. But it's it's all about Cain's mindset. Cain was mm. all about Cain. Yep. And he didn't he didn't just wake up that morning and go, you know what? I think I'm gonna kill my brother. But when God rejected his sacrifice, he didn't blame himself. He blamed mm. his brother. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's the problem. And and the Lord knew what was going on. He said, Cain, you better watch it, buddy. <laughs> Sin is is crouched right beside you and ready to eat you alive. And mm-hmm. his next action, he killed his brother. You know that is that is so so good um, and some really good insight there to the point of you know Cain didn't blame himself for his lack of effort and devotion, but rather he blamed. Abel, um, for, you know, the Lord rejecting his, his offering. Right. I um, mean, it's, it's in the world today, Alex. I mean, you hear oh, it all the time, it? like in, yeah. the, in this country, oh, it's the Christian's yeah. fault. It's all these people who go to church. It's their fault. They're Doesn't. the ones tearing this country apart, you know, and, and yep. look at the very next verse. So he uses the example that Cain hated his brother, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he says in verse 13, don't be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. Yep. See, this is it's the same thing. The church yep. is able and the world is Cain. Absolutely. And Absolutely. all now, they want to do is snuff the church out and kill the church. That's yep. that's that's the that's the plan. That's their only plan. Yep. Now don't you know, for those who are listening, don't think we're saying like as Christians, we're perfect and we're always right. Sometimes Christians can also be cane towards their own brothers and sisters. So yep. don't don't miss that. But when John is warning here in verse 13, do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. That is absolutely true. The world Nine Christians hate Christians. Now, that may not be exclusive across the board when it comes to how people treat Christians who are not Christians. Um, but in general, the world does not like Christians. And that is because of the gospel itself and Jesus which Jesus actually warns us about this and and tells us that, Hey, you know, the world will hate you because it hated me first. Um, And Jesus tells us that, Hey, it's, it's okay. Like you're going to face hard times. And some of those hard times may be because, you know, the world doesn't like you, but do not worry. You know, I, in, in John 16 in verse 33, he says, I have told you these things so that you or so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The the dislike, the the hate, the persecution, whatever it is we may face and feel in this lifetime from those who do not follow Jesus themselves, Jesus already understands and he's already 
gone through and he's already overcome. And so like our hope and our peace can be rooted in him and not in how the world treats us or views us. And so that's where we should find peace and refuge. Um, but understanding that, you know what, it's okay. Uh, I know some of us have a hard time when people don't like us. Uh, and, you know, so that really bothers us, but it's, it's okay. And we should not be surprised because the world will hate us. Um, and John goes into verse 14 there and says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. And this is, you know, Jesus reminds us also that this is one of the ways in which um, the world will be able to identify who we are as Christians is by the way that we love one another. Yep. And so I think that's a that's a big part of you know, what John is trying to get us to understand as the readers here is, is it's not just, again, it's not just loving God, but it's, it's extended from there and how we love each other as fellow Christians and how we, we treat one another and the love that, you know, flows from us. Um, And it's not, you know, it's, that love is not sourced from our own, you know, just goodness, but that love comes from the love that we've received and that we've experienced through Jesus Christ. Right. So it, it, it's, it's very, very plain that John is yes. saying yes. that if, if you have passed from death to life, in other words, if you are born again, if you, if your savior is Jesus Christ, then the fruit of that is your love. Mm. If you are now, if you're not born again, people of the who hate Christians, they can mimic love, but them, it's not the Lord. The reason that people who are born again, people who are God's children, the reason that they can do this is because it's him that's doing it. It's not me. Mm. I mean, I can't do it. I'm yeah. horrible. <laughs> I'm horrible at loving people. It yeah. has to be him. That's how it works. And, you know, when Jesus said you, he was talking to the Pharisees and to, he was teaching and teachers of the law. And he says, you have heard it said or written, do not murder. But I tell you, if you hate your brother, you have murdered him. Yep. Right? So this is what 15 says. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. And it doesn't mean that I am so mad at somebody that I feel I even tell them I hate them. Um, Look, uh, that's that's why forgiveness of sins is so important and so graceful, full of grace, because, mm. you know, the mm. Holy spirit within you is going to convict you of that through reading the Bible or through somebody else. And I mean, I'm telling you when he, when Jesus said, when you, when you sit down and you pray and you, you want to get with me on one-on-one in prayer, I'm going to remind you of some stuff <laughs> and you need to straighten that out. Then you come 
Come on. Yeah. So that's that's how important this is. <clears throat> yep. And I think it's it's interesting here too. What we you know what we just read in in verses eleven through fifteen, and the example that that John uses of Cain and Abel, right? He's about to show here in verses sixteen um, through eighteen here the opposite, right? The uh, the the counter to what the world um, looks like. And in verse 16, he writes, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. You see, this is the the picture of Jesus is the exact opposite of the picture of the world. And in the example used of Cain and Abel, where Cain was angry and he hated his brother and he took his brother's life, Jesus instead came in love to take our place. And instead of to take our life, he took our place on the cross. He took our punishment to give us life. Out of love, not out of, you know, hate. And so it's, it's this opposite imagery here that we see. And this is what sets us apart. This is what sets Jesus apart from every body else is his love and willingness to lay down his life for us and that is how we then reflect him to the world by being willing to sacrifice to surrender and to live in humility not only for ourselves but for others yep so james uh, i'm sorry john is continuing to um provide uh, points of, hey, this, it's not just what you say, it's what you do. Mm. And if you, if you look at, if you go to John 15, the, the Gospel of John 15, starting in verse 12, this is what Jesus says. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that down his life for his friends and mm-hmm. you are my friends. Right. So it, this is, this is the greatest commandment that you love one another. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you, James, sorry, John gives an example. Look, um, it's not, and James does the same thing in his, in his uh, epistle. It's, it's, if you have, if you see somebody in need or, you don't just say, "Hey, I'm I'm praying for you." You know, I wish you well. Off yeah. you go. Nothing to see here. Um, that doesn't prove anything. What proves is not what you say, not just what you say, but what you do. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jesus, there's a lot of red words in in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Everything, all those red words are are extremely, extremely important. But 
They meant nothing until he died on the cross and rose again. Mm. That proved that proved everything. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and that's that's the love that you have to experience and you have to understand your your eyes have to be open to and your heart has to be open to in order to receive right that love that will change you from the inside out to then be able to love a brother or sister and to love someone else more than yourself because our natural instinct is to act like Cain but it's when we're born again and we're changed by the love of Christ that then we can love one another and we can do what John is writing in verses 17 and 18. And we can see someone in need and be able to respond to that need. Yep. And we can see someone who doesn't have as much as we have, or isn't blessed in the way that maybe we have been fortunate enough to be blessed and we can do something about it because one of the things that should set us apart as Christians is not that we just talk about loving others and those around us and those who are in need, but it's us in action doing something about it when we can, when, we, when we're called to, when we have the opportunity to do so, to bless someone else, to help someone else, and to encourage someone else. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's a huge part of it is... Love is not just like a verbal thing. It's not just saying, hey, I love you, but it's also being able to go out and to serve and to show um, love in action rather than just in, in speech. Yep. So it was the fifth. This is how we know. Mm. Uh, so verse 19 is the sixth one. Yep. And is how we know that we belong to the truth. Now, how, don't you want to know that how you know you belong to the truth? Isn't this awesome? Like, okay, do you do you belong to the truth? Well, this is how you know. And how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. So here's the thing. We just talked about this a minute ago. There's nothing more precious and it's because of the shed blood of Christ. But there is nothing more precious than conviction. Mm-hmm. Come on. I, and and it, I'm not talking about, well, it does have a lot to do with your conscience. But the conscience is, that's where God is in your, in your, in your spirit, in your heart, in other words. That's mm-hmm. the, that's. It's apart from the will, but it's it's what God flicks or tickles or wh- however you want to put it. Like he'll he'll thump. Remember, you used to get thumped in the head at school. <laughs> Sometimes he'll just thump that conscious man, and you're like, "Oh man, that was wrong." Sometimes it's immediate. Yeah, yeah. But that's the most precious thing in a Christian's life that God convicts you of your sin through his word, through other people, through your own heart. And you can go before him with confidence 
because it's, it keeps saying, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God, right? So that confidence actually in the Greek means freedom of speech. It means boldness of speech. Mm. Like you can, there's not an armed guard with a sword in front of God's throne going, who do you think you are? You can't come in here. No, he steps out of the way and you walk right in. Mm. Right. And, and that yeah. once, once that conviction happens to you and you say, Hey Lord, I was wrong. And will you forgive me? The, uh, the next one's going to be, well, okay, well, yeah, you are forgiven because my son died for you, but go straighten that mm. out with your brother. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing more freeing than straightening that out with your brother. Mm. Come on. Yeah, and that's, you know, and <clears throat> it's that conviction and it's that um, it's that presence of God's spirit and, he, you know, his voice that that allows us. That allows us to not take the actions of Cain. And when we feel frustrated or angry or upset or hurt or whatever the case may be where we're you know we're mad at a brother or sister it's in those moments where God can use his spirit that is in us through our faith in Christ Jesus and say hey okay all right I, I see it let me dial that back let me you know lay that down at your feet like help me through this and and it is that the that helps us to not, you know, step into um, like our, our fleshly desire to be angry or to be upset and then to, you know, react towards someone else. Because again, that's not our natural reaction to love and to forgive. Like it's to, you know, if someone offends us, it's to get upset and then to get revenge. Um, that's what we want to do. But it's when we're, changed through Jesus, that's when we're more inclined, not in our own strength or ability, but because of the Holy Spirit, that's when we're more inclined to say, okay, it's not worth, you know, getting upset over. It's not worth making this a bigger thing. Let me stop. Let me lay this down. Lord, help me to get through this in the right way. And then we can you know, love in action by even having those conversations with one another and coming to a peaceful resolution and yep. letting the Lord work in and through that, not only for ourselves, but also the, you know, brother or sister um, on the other side of that. So uh, just one more thing to say about 21 and 22, and I failed to read 22. So I'm going to read both of those real quick. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Now, uh, does it mean, hey, Lord, um, I did what you want me to do today. I need a Lamborghini. That's not, that's not <laughs> what's going on, right? Yeah. So basically, if you look at the context of what this is, if our hearts look, whenever our hearts condemn us, right? So now we can ask God what we, what, anything we want to ask him. What would that be? I goofed up. I sinned. Mm -hmm. Forgive me. All right, that's that's what you should ask God. Not for a Lamborghini. But but 
you want a clear conscience before him. Now, look, a Christian's life, and if you disagree, uh, if anybody's listening disagrees with this, please feel free to, to email us, and we'll tell you how to do that later and tell me why. But a Christian's life is sort of like um, the temple. Remember, you had the outer court and the mm-hmm. inner court, and then you had the most holy place, right? Yeah. So your, your outer court, that sees the natural sunlight. That's like your skin. That's like your body, your flesh, right? And everybody can see the temple because, remember, we are the temple of the Lord, right? So everybody can see the temple. So that's the outer court. So the inner court, that's like the soul. That's the will. That's the the mindset, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. But the conscience or the heart, the heart meaning the, the midpoint, the most important organ we have is the heart. If it's not pumping, we ain't walking. So the heart and, is, and or the conscience is in the most holy place. That's where God is in your life. That's the most the, the innermost holy place is where he is. And, mm-hmm. and as you read your scripture and as you interact with other people and as you, as you fellowship with us, that helps the, the most holy place. You, 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 you change from the inside out. So mm-hmm. your, 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 the other two levels start to look like him. You don't, you don't, you don't get changed from the outside. You get changed from the inside because it's him and not you. You can't. That's the only way we can. As a. Because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. I mean, I'm horrible at that. I can't, I can't do that. Only he can do that. I see. He's the only way that I can do that. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, the world will tell you that the the world, again, these being those who do not follow Jesus, they'll tell you, well, I love people. I love, you know, others that, you know, are not of myself or not of my family like I love. But what I want to challenge and say is that you can't love someone else until you know the love of Jesus. And the love that God has for us by sending his son to take our place on the cross. You really and truly do not know love until you understand that love and you have received that love. Um, You think you love other people, but that is something that is out of yourself. And I promise you, it is nothing in comparison to the real and true love of God and that of shown through Christ. And. John talks about, you know, because we keep his commands and we do what pleases him. I love verses 23 and 24 here. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. And this is why, you know, mention that about other people who don't follow Jesus saying, well, I love, you know, I love strangers and people I've never met. But you really and truly can't. And I I highlight that because believing 
in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And that's not just acknowledging that Jesus was a person, but that is truly wholeheartedly like Jesus is Lord and Savior. Until that is the case, you can't love one another as he has commanded us. And then in verse 24, it says, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. And Trey, you alluded to it that you can't do those things on your own. You can't change yourself from the outside in, but rather it has to come from the inside out. And that is only by the grace of God. And that is only by the power of the spirit that is in us through our faith in Jesus Christ, being born again and made new, that we can love others and be a reflection of Jesus to the world. Yep. So the whole plan from Genesis all the way through the the golden thread, the whole plan was that God knew that we can't do it. Mm, So the, the plan was for him to live in us. Yeah. Right. So, so you have the father who sent the son who said, unless I die and go back to my father, the spirit, can't come Mm -hmm. but when i do he's going to be with you Uh, he's going to be in you he said he he right now he's with you but he's going to be in you that's in john Mm -hmm. come on right and he's going to remind you of everything i said and teach you what it means and that's why we have the new testament Mm -hmm. and we can read these uh wonderful wonderful words of truth Right, which is the best thing ever because it doesn't change. Um, sometimes change is good, but when it comes to scripture, there is no change. When it comes to God, there is no change. That's the best non changing thing ever. Praise the Lord, yes, yes, and that is something you can you can trust in, and that's something you can set your foundation upon because God doesn't change and his word never changes. Um, And so, you know, as we've unpacked here in first John three and kind of wrapped up the, the chapter there, if there's anything, you know, for those who are joining us and listening, if there's anything that you, you know, have questions about or you feel challenged on or you feel like maybe as you've listened and we've walked through this, that the Lord has, you know, as, as Trey said, thumped your your conscious or made you think more or feel, you know, a certain way about what we've unpacked today. Um email us, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you about it, have a conversation with you, um, answer any questions that you may have. And you can reach out to us and connect with us uh, through email at info at hoperisingministries.cc. Or if you want to connect with us on Facebook, you can find us at Hope Rising Ministries SC as well. Send us a message, leave us a comment there. Um, We definitely want to to help and to, you know, answer any questions that we can pray for you. If, if there's anything we can be praying for, but reach out to us and let us know, you know, what your thoughts are, whether if you're in agreement or disagreement with anything that we say, we 
still encourage um, and love to hear from you guys. Yep. But we appreciate it. Thank you, Trey, for the time. Really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I did too. I did too. So next, uh, the next uh, episode is is really going to be good. Um, if if you're planning to listen to the next one, go ahead and read First uh, John four. Mm. Um, context is is he's already set it up. And he, he talks about the spirit. We just we just mentioned that. And then he's going to get right into this is how you recognize the spirit of God. Right. So it's, it's going to be good. So I'm looking. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So thank you all. Hope you all have a great week and we can't wait to catch you again next time. Yep. God bless. Peace out, peoples. <laughs>